So welcome everybody, good morning. That worship service was really beautiful. We very much, it just felt like the Holy Spirit was confirming one thing after another this morning. So that was really special. We are transitioning from the book of James to Christmas and Advent celebrations as we approach the 25th. But before we start getting into that, I also wanted to mention that today um, is actually the 20th anniversary of something, which Aaron reminded me of this this week. And I was like, 20th anniversary of what? Like, uh-oh, <laughs> did we date? Did we what? I don't know. I was like, it's the 20th anniversary of what? And he said, it's the 20th anniversary of when we first commissioned and ordained women in our church. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. December 5th. I remember that day so clearly because um, that was the day that I first was commissioned as an elder in this church. And um, it was just, a, it was, it's amazing to think that it's been 20 years. And I want to give a special thanks to Corky and Sharon for leading us through that time. I want to um, thank all of you for giving me the opportunity to speak into your lives and share what God has deposited in me with you. And it's just something to celebrate and remember. Um, thinking about, that got me thinking just about um, my role as a leader, and I can think every single day about how much I need to learn, how much I need to grow, how much wisdom I need from God for this time and season, and, um, but it's always the, maybe the fear and trembling that that can sometimes create in me is always outweighed by this sense of urgency, the sense of vision, the sense of calling, like, we got to do this, you guys. There's a fire. <laughs> There's a fire in my heart for you and for this place and for this land and for my neighbors and for the high school students who walk by this building every day. It's just, it's exciting what's ahead. And we get to be a place where people can be equipped and empowered in the love of Jesus. Is there, there's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> How's that for a summary of worship right there? And that was in my notes before worship ever happened. So I just like to open with prayer and gratitude for that, for the past, but also for what's going to come. Lord, we're so thankful for what you did 20 years ago, just opening up um, a place for women in our community in that way. And Lord, we also are thankful for what you're going to do with women in our land and with families in our land, with husbands and wives and uh, children and every leader, um, single people, single men and women, just the Lord, the way you're opening up things for healthy relationships there. We thank you for what you did 20 years ago in our midst. And we thank you for how you're gonna do that in our land. And Lord, I also um, thank you for Advent when we celebrate that you came, we celebrate you come and that you are coming. We just pray that our hearts would be full of anticipation and preparation in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been beautiful today. We've been um, 
remembering many prophecies about Jesus' coming, about the Messiah, many of the Messiah prophecies. And I want to read one from Jeremiah 23. And before I start that passage, I want you to think about the context that, that Jeremiah was speaking in. It's about 600 years before Jesus is born, and Jeremiah is actually a super hard book to read. And if you want to learn more about it and you find it too difficult to read, I have some tips for you, but I'm not going to tell you right now because it's apart from the point right now. But Jeremiah is experiencing personal just devastation and loss. He's experiencing grief and difficulty. Um, the people he's speaking to are worshiping idols. They're hostile to God's presence. Um, and at the same time, one of my study Bibles said they have a smug assurance that God is on their side. And Jeremiah is going, no, he's like, things are not right. And we need to get things right. He's devastated at the state of affairs. It sounds a little bit like what Ray Lynn was sharing. Some people right now just feel devastated at the state of affairs. And into that place, there's what from God? There's a and yet. God always comes into these places and he says, and yet, I've got a message for you. So Jeremiah 23, five through eight says, the days are coming when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. And in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety in the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous savior. And then he says it again. So then the days are coming declares the Lord, when people will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt. So that is what happened in the past. But they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them, then they will live in their own land. So Jeremiah is remembering what happened before, but then he's saying, and then this is going to happen. So this phrase, the days are coming. First, he says, the days are coming when a wise king and a Messiah who will rule with justice and do what is right. There's that. And then, so then the days are coming when just like God delivered in the past, he will deliver again. One of my devotionals asks, when you hear these words, how do you react to them? How does the arrival of the Messiah of Jesus make a difference? And what role might you play in that? So as we've already mentioned, the Advent or Christmas season can be beautiful and magical in many ways. The lights, the traditions, the food, the music, family. But it also can be very difficult, right? And accentuate the hard times. I looked at one mental health um, website and it's, it listed five ways the holidays can bring more dread than joy. And it just seems to highlight complicated family relationships, abuse of alcohol, depression, 
Um, 64% of people who are already depressed say it's way harder during the holidays. Grief, loss feels especially acute during the holidays, right? When we don't have the people with us that we want to be with us. Finances, the holidays are expensive. <laughs> and if you're financially stressed, it's just amplified. Can any of us relate to any of these things? Maybe one, maybe two, maybe all five. And then on top of our own personal charges, we have all these larger questions. Every time we turn on the news, uncertainty, danger, viruses, violence, injustice. These are tough times. Um, Valley Behavioral Health, where um, Raylan works, so that during 2020, they had a significant increase in requests for mental health services. Their services would have doubled if they had had enough providers to respond to the requests. And that's, that's tough. Now, I don't say these things to make us more sad or for us to bemoan the state of affairs. I bring them up so we can be honest and so we can grieve, so we can be humble, so we can rally with those around us who might be in those places. And so we can be a people that say to one another, the day is coming. God did it in the past, he'll do it again. The day is coming. The day is coming. How many times have I sat with some of my friends and just said, don't give up. The day is coming. The day is coming. Don't give up. The day is coming. So when next you're in the, at the Target and you're shopping or wherever it is you shop and you hear Lauren Daigle come up over the, in the music and she's singing, look up child, you know that song, it's such a good song. Look up child, these are the words to that song. And she's singing to God, she sings, where are you now when darkness seems to win? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Where are you now when all I feel is doubt? Where are you now when I can't figure it out? Sounds a little bit like, where are you now when I feel the destruction of the fire? Right? And then she sings, I hear you say, God, look up, child, look up. Hey, look up. No matter how dark things get, remember, remember how far love goes. Jesus comes to the darkest of places, the loneliest roads, and he says, you're never alone. I'm here for you. Revelation 3.20, these are Jesus's words. Look at me. It's like saying, look up, look at me. I stand at the door, I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. How's that for a communion message? I'll come in and sit right down and have supper with you. So traditionally in the first week of Advent, remember our, we remember our hope in Christ. In the second week, we remember to prepare for his coming. And we remember the prophecies that prepare the way for the Messiah. And when we say prophecies, we're remembering the words spoken, the promises made about what God said God would do or what God said um, his heart is towards us. 
And these prophecies always came when God's people were in the deepest and darkest places, when they were trying to get out of Egypt, when they were their backs against the Red Sea, trying to get through the Red Sea, when they lived as exiles and foreigners in other lands, or when they found themselves under the oppressive rule of the Greeks and the Romans. But in each of these times, there's a message that says, the day is coming, the Lord is coming. The prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 2, 10 through 11, said, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. This is, he's speaking on behalf of the Lord, right? For behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations will be joined to the people and that joined to the Lord in that day and they shall become my people and I will dwell in your midst. Then he will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. I will dwell with you. That's the promise. Isaiah prophesies Jesus's birth by a virgin. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Micah prophesies the Messiah's birthplace. You, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Here comes the Messiah. There's all sorts of different ways of counting the prophetic words about Jesus's arrival. I was like looking for a count, which was ridiculous because the counts were all over the place. One said 48, one said there were 352, another said there were 365 prophecies. And I thought that's convenient, one for every day of the year. Come on. <laughs> and then there was another website that said the top 40 messianic prophecies. <laughs> Let's find the top 40. Here's the point. There were a lot of words about Jesus's coming and Jesus fulfilled them. So here's the question. How did God's people prepare for the Messiah's coming? They had all these prophecies, but how did they prepare? How do we prepare? How do you prepare today for Jesus's coming in your life? How do we prepare for Jesus's coming here in us, in this place, in our land, in our workplaces, that's the question Raylan was asking at work. How do, I, how do I bring that hope into my workplace? The other day, Kathy pointed out the scripture to me because we love to talk about verses in the Bible together. It's 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. One way we prepare is by saying the amen. Amen means yes, let it be. God gives us a promise and then we say amen, yes, let it be. We have these promises that are yes in Christ, but we speak the amen to God's glory. So 
So yes, we got to go to the Utah Utes game yes, on Friday. Can you believe that we got to go? We drove down and we drove back. But did you notice when Aaron got up here to do announcements that he was hoarse and had no voice? <laughs> There's a reason for that because we were in this crazy stadium. I've never been in anything like it before. The Raiders stadium. I can't believe the Seahawk went to a Raiders stadium, but the Utes were there and we're in this stadium and it was full of red. It was all red. Those poor Oregon Ducks were outmatched. Um, I've never heard such a roar. And as those players are running down that field, there was a yes and an amen. <laughs> and I've, I know we, we did that to Oregon before, but I've never seen a game quite like that where we just, we just came out and just trounced. <laughs> And there's something about that, make, that makes me think of, of God and his promises when we all say amen. When we say amen. Now, I know that's, I think I just wanted you all to know that I got to do that. So, <laughs> sorry, I had to figure out a way to put it in there. But there's lots of analogies in scripture, right? The, the word of God is like a seed and, it, and it's watered. Our amen is like watering the seed. The soil, good soil, prepares the way for God, the word of God, to grow in us. There's just lots of examples, and I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to use the example of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I'm, I'm so happy Cana's here today. I don't know if you all know her, but good longtime friend of our church family here. I didn't even know she was coming today. And I know this is one of her favorite verses. So how cool is that? I want to talk about Mary and how Mary said yes and amen to God's promises. So the angel of the Lord comes to Mary and says in Luke 1, says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Wow. People used to say she was barren. So look at that. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the Lord, the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. Elizabeth and Zechariah said yes to God's will in their lives. But what is Mary's response to what God is saying to her? Mary's response is, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. God brings her a promise, a prophecy, a prophetic word, and she says, amen, let it be. The Lord has promises for us today the list in the Bible of God's promises is endless. He gives strength. He provides wisdom. He will protect you and guide you. He will feed you and clothe you. If you want more to know more of God's promises, start with Psalm 23. It's an easy one for us to find. 
My challenge to us today is could we find the courage, even if we feel like that stump has been cut off or burned down or whatever, even if we feel like that stump, could we say, amen, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. So here's the other beautiful thing about God's promises for Mary. We can and we should say amen together. I love that the worship team today changed, because I'm always bugging them about this, you know this, changed the words of the song, some of the songs from I to we. Because we, we get to sing these songs together, because we're in this together. I loved that even though it's awkward for the lyrics and the permissions for getting the songs and stuff, I love that we change the words to we and us. Luke 1 also records how Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth and what happens there. And it's recorded in Luke 1, 41. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry, a cry of joy, and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed what the Lord that the Lord would do what he said. It's like, it's not just an amen. It's not just a yes verbally. It's like, it's a physical yes. It's a physical yes, I believe in this. Yes, even our whole beings are saying yes to God's word here. Elizabeth says amen and together they get, that's what brings joy. Two people coming together to say, yes, we're going to have freedom. Yes, that's God's promise for you. Yes. Together, they believe that the Lord would do what he said. And then there's a beautiful song. I love that a song comes next. The Magnificat, they call it, right? Mary's Magnificat. It's a song. When we say yes together, that's what we were doing together here. I loved hearing our voices as we worship today. We were saying, yes, we trust you. Yes, we have our hands wide open. Yes, we, we trust you to make something beautiful out of us. So the first section of our song goes like this. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. So that's the individual part of the rejoicing. But then her song shifts. And it's about us, it's about her community, it's about her people. And not only is it about her, her, herself and community, but it's almost like a highlight reel of that 40 or 365 messianic prophecies. She, she's repeating the promises that God had already given. Listen, see if you can hear some of them. 
He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promises to our ancestors, to Abraham, and his children forever. It's a multi-generational promise. How does Mary prepare for the coming of the Messiah? She says, amen. May everything you've said about me come true. She shares this promise with her companions, with her family, with the people who are going to rejoice with her and believe with her. And she sings about it. Life is a musical. You know that, you all. For those of you who don't like musicals, life is a musical. <laughs> I live with a, a, my youngest just loves musicals, so I'm very aware of this these days. <laughs> Here's the thing. As Mary stands there singing amen to God's promises, in that moment, they aren't necessarily fulfilled, right? Around her. From a human perspective, Herod's on the throne. Mary doesn't really know what this baby in the next generation is going to look like. And surely there were hungry people around her but she doesn't respond with natural eyes. She allows, she responds with the spirit within her to the spirit of God. The day has come, the day is coming, the day will come. And Mary says, amen. I wanna to close today with a passage from Isaiah. Kathy brought these words to us a couple weeks ago in worship. And this is what I love in worship is when a dialogue is happening, right? Like two weeks ago, a scripture is shared and we're still meditating on it and we're still responding to it. Cause it's like, it's a Kairos word, which means like it's a timely word for right now that God is speaking to us right now, this church family. I've added a few verses one through three from what she shared, but they give context. So I'm going to read verses one through three and then 15 to um, 20. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Those, let's ask the Lord to make those flames warm and passionate. <laughs> when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
Verse 15, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Amen. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. God wants to bring us refreshing so we can be refreshment in the wasteland. So we can be refreshing in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, wherever we are, God wants to refresh us. This is a promise for us. I just feel like God wants to speak to us today and remind us of his promises that we don't, don't be afraid. You are ransomed. You're called by his by name. You are God's. God is saying, when you feel like you're in too deep over your head, I'm with you. When things get difficult, you're not going to drown. When you feel the weight and fire, you're not going to be burned up. You're not going to be consumed. Our community, the larger church, excuse me, <laughs> our community, the larger church, we are going through transition. We are going through change. These are my notes. Oh, no, I added these during worship. <laughs> but it was my heart. It's like sometimes fire can feel like destruction, but it's God's refining fire. God reminds us what he's done in the past, but he says, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness and create rivers in the dry wasteland. And it's not going to look the same. It's not going to, before, when God opened up the Red Sea, he dried the ground for the people to walk through. But today, God is saying, I'm going to be, bring water to you. I'm going to bring refreshing to you. So I'd like to close by saying yes to some of God's promises. We don't traditionally pray like this, but would you, would you all like to stand with me and pray with me? I am going to read a promise that God says, and if you'd like, you can say amen. Um, and we'll put them up on the screen so you know what you're saying yes to ahead of time. <laughs> so God says, don't be afraid. You are ransomed. And we say, amen. God says, I have called you by name. You are mine. And we say, amen. when you feel like you're in too deep over your head, God says, I'm with you. 
God says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And we say, my chosen people will be refreshed. The day is coming. And we say, finally, sing and rejoice. For behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst. Amen. Thank you all for joining us today. If you would like prayer, if you want somebody to rejoice with in God's promises for your life, um, you can join us at our prayer table. You can turn to someone sitting next to you. And um, you can reach out online. And we'd love to chat with you and pray with you and sing with you. We won't really sing a musical with you. But <laughs> God bless you all. Have a great week.